Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's happening? What's popping? How you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling okay. I literally never know what to say because I'm like, bruh, I'm feeling how I was feeling last week <laughs> like, and the week before that and before that. <laughs> how are you Dang. feeling? I'm feeling okay. Uh, my parents are coming up and they are celebrating their 31 years of marriage. Plus, Woo! it's my dad's birthday. They got married on my dad's birthday and my parents they are just I'm like are y'all excited you know the show 31st you know wedding anniversary they're like they like I mean I mean it's another day I'm like y'all supposed to be in love they like I mean it's another day like they are just (laughs) over it and I was like I'm not supposed to be more excited (laughs) that's a beautiful thing other than that girl I'm like just you know what all the days are running together and I really don't know what day it is if I'm being honest girl man um first of all I just don't know how we're already in August first off (laughs) and speaking of August (laughs) so okay Shelby I know like I'd be relying on you to give me all the tea okay but apparent okay what is this thing about August Osina and his entanglement with (laughs) Jada and like the red table talking all of that like Please break it down to me because I only, I only, I know like a little bit. So basically, first of all, August is not sitting right with my spirit. Um, it's just some <laughs> men that talk too much that don't sit well with me. But that's a different topic for a different day. I, I can't stand this. Shit. But, um, basically, what happened is August went on um, Angelie's podcast or something like that. I forgot exactly what it was, but he was talking to Angelie, and he brought it up about how basically him and Jada were together and they were dating and different things like that and he went in detail and he described it and he was like you know basically that what they had was real and that he really loved her and you know he gave it all he had and that if he died today he would be okay um and then he went on to say that will smith gave um him his blessing and different things like that now when it came out i'm not gonna lie i believed it because you know it's just been news circulating you know just in general for years and decades that will and Jada have a different type of relationship. Mm-hmm. So they came out and said, and the internet went wild. And she came out and said that she was going to bring herself to the red table. And it was good because Twitter was already on her about, hey, you need to bring yourself to the red table talk and you need to live, you need to leave Willow and your mama at home. Because <laughs> um, we, because you know, I like Willow, but all she be, she was like, yeah, Willow, be quiet. You're not really adding nothing to the conversation right now. So, they came to the red table. Um, it was about 10, 13 minutes, and it was the most watched red table talk ever. Mm. Ever. And Will Smith came, and I'm just gonna point this out. Um, he looked really annoyed to be there, and he looked like he had I don't know if he had been crying or if he was hot. I don't know which one it was, but his eyes was bloodshot red. And he really just looked disgusted mm-hmm. <laughs> that he had to be there. 
Um, and he really had to ask her some questions. Like, sis, what did you doing? But long story short, to paraphrase, she basically came out and said that her and Will were separated. And I guess whatever was whatever was going on, I guess Will was going to leave her. And so they were separated and they weren't together. And so she gets into this, her words were entanglement with um, <laughs> August Alfina. And Will clarified, he was like in a relationship. And she was like, yes. And she was just saying basically how they were together. And basically it just came off to me like he was a project for her and she was trying to fix it. And they went on and they talked about it and they said they really didn't understand why it came up because it had happened years ago. One thing that they cleared up is that Will, they said Will never gave Will, Will never gave August his permission to date him. But since they were separated, I guess that's what he took as um, them, as him giving his permission. And then I guess Jada got it together and she was never going to leave Will like ever. But she got it together and she went back to Will. And when she went back to Will and I guess he took her back, whatever it was, because they didn't say, that's when he cut off all communication. Now, after that, he came out and he snapped at Kiki Palmer and I didn't like that. And then he came out and he made a song about it. And I just felt like he was feeling some type of way about it. And And I just, I don't know. That didn't sit right with my spirit because I was just like, bro, like, I feel like he just really capitalized off the moment and I could see why he would be upset because when they were sitting around talking they were sitting around talking and laughing wow like, bucket and different things like that and they ended the thing by saying um bad marriage for life that oh I did do that part that they were gonna be together and that they loved each other and all that different stuff so I could see why he felt some type of way but I felt some type of way about August and I just feel like in the grand scheme of things okay whatever you slept with him we got bigger fish to fry you really thought that Jada Pinkett Smith was gonna leave Will Smith? You got You gotta be crazy, boy. Bye. First of all, I don't understand why he decided to bring that up in the very first place with whatever interview he brought it up on. And then I was seeing like Jada was being dragged, saying that you know she's because she's so much older than him that it was almost like she used him type of thing, and like oh he has a you know a. Uh, illness and like why would you use him he's at the lowest point in his life like all of this stuff but I was just to me of course we all know that there was rumors of them having an open marriage but I remember Jada saying something to the effect of well Will would be on one side of the house with whoever I would be on another side of the house with whoever but at the end of the day we both in the same house we in here together no that's not how that works (laughs) like it's not I just I don't agree with that at all. I feel like that gets messy, real muddy. But hey, to each his own. Do what you want to do. But I did see like two minutes of the red table talk, and you're right. Will did look disgusted. He looked embarrassed. I feel he like was. he was hurt. What, what it was. Like he's sitting up there, got to talk about this August person talking about he's all entangled with his wife. I'm like, what is going on? So thank you for breaking that down. But I ain't got time for none of the foolishness. <laughs> none of it's it. It's crazy to me. Like, it's just insane. And I guess what's even more insane is that you didn't make him sign an NDA. Because whoever right. Will has been entangled with, they quiet as a mouth. Well, so I had heard <laughs> that. They've both been in entanglements, but... Y'all ain't got them signing NDAs? Like, I don't know. It's right. just it's just something about it. It don't I don't I just feel like he made I feel like for August it was like an opportunist move and I didn't like that because I mean, like you just said, like Will and Jade are gonna be together regardless. They could mm-hmm. be having these entanglements, but they're not getting divorced. They're gonna be together. And for me, I'm really glad 
that she was honest about it and that she was upfront about it and that they cleared, you know, the air and different things like that. And I think, honestly, with them cleaning the air, I still felt like August felt some type of way about it, which I get. You had Jada Pinkett Smith, but she was never, ever going to leave the... I'm not leaving Will Smith. What you talking about? Ooh, child of ghetto. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, let's move on to dating and relationships since we're kind of on a topic. Um, But this one, Shelby, I feel like we need to discuss our thoughts on some of the main, like, Black women's stigmas when it comes to dating. So I'm going to read a couple of them, and you just give me your thoughts. So the first one, Black women are taught how to live without a man rather than keep one. Black women are not submissive. Black women are the least desired by Black men. Black women have attitudes or hard to handle. Black women are angry or known as the mad Black woman. So what are your thoughts on some of these stigmas? I feel like for me, these stigmas really irritate my spirit because I feel like people try to box all Black women into one box. But what we forget and a lot of people fail to realize is like there are so many different types of Black women. Black women are like multifaceted. We can do so many things. We can be in so many different careers and we can we come in different packages, sizes, shapes, colors, hair, bundles, whatever. Like we, we're just not one person. And for me, all of these, I mean, I feel like obviously, you know, everything that you read, there's probably a black woman that's like that. Like I'm never going to like lie and say that that's not true, you know? But mm-hmm. what I will say is that like all black women aren't like this. Like, I'm not like this. I think that, I think like black, I just think like a lot of times like black women get a bad rap and I really don't, I really don't understand like why we get such a bad rap. I don't know about you, but have you ever just been with a dude and he'd been like, oh, you cool. It's like, he's surprised that you cool or he'd be like, oh, you don't be tripping. What are you talking about? You know, or, you know, you don't, you don't you know you're not like angry or mad I'm like what type of women have you been dealing with that you have put me in this box and you had preconceived notions of me and I just want to one of the ones especially one of the ones that I want to touch on that you said and it said black women are not submissive and black women are taught to live without a man rather than keep one one thing I will say is I think that a lot of black women are taught how to take care of themselves so in the event that a man can't do it they can do it but mm-hmm. I feel like men are taught how to take care of themselves. So why wouldn't we be taught how to take care of ourselves? Right. Like, I just, I guess I don't get that. And then the other thing is like, say, you know, black women aren't submissive. And let me tell you one thing. I'm not going to be submissive to somebody that I can't submit to. Like, if you ain't got a plan and you're not a man of your word or you're not somebody um, that's equally yoked to me, why would I submit you? That's the blind leading the blind. We ain't going nowhere. That's dumb. Right. Right. It makes no sense. And I think a lot of people get these different types of, um, I don't know the word, um, stereotypes from black women is because maybe that's the type of woman, that's the only type of woman that they've seen. But I think that it's really important for you to get out to in the world and meet people and go to different places and network and see that women come, like black women come in so many different types. Like we're yes. so multifaceted. We are so diverse. And I guess for me, it's just really frustrating to just have these stereotypes because it's like, you know, when you meet a black man, it's like you have to like chip away at all of these negative stereotypes. And then I don't, I guess for me, 
and this is just me being honest, like, if somebody's like, oh, you're not angry, or oh, you're not this, it's so irritating. I'm like, man, you weren't even going to give me a chance. Like, you just saw that I was an angry black woman. But I feel like most of the time, it's not that, you know, we're not submissive or, you know, we're too independent. It's just that we're not taking your bullshit. Now, that's, that's, one thing, that's one thing I'm never going to do. I'm never going to take your bullshit. Yes. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. And I think that a lot of times people have old ways of thinking. Like, you know, back in the day, you know, with our grandparents, you know, the man was the head of the household, which I do believe that he should still be. But I think that the roles within different households are changing. And I think that the way that we see dating and the way that we see women are changing because there are women out here out earning men. And that's not to take away from what he's doing. But there are women out here, you know, like doing the damn thing. And I just think that if you want a high caliber woman, then you got to take what comes with it. But you can't put us all in the same box because we have so much on our shoulders that we have to know how to survive. We have to know how to take care of ourselves. We do. And I think a lot of times, you know, when people portray us as, as angry, we're not being angry. We're being assertive because we have something to say and we can't let you out talk us. Right. It comes from also with that that you just said, it's like, a lot of times we don't feel like our backs are like they're you're having our back. You know what I mean? So it's like we have to have our yeah. own back. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. that's where that come from. But what I will say is when the first one that I read on here about black women are taught how to live without a man rather than keep one. I think that that definitely goes back to what you saying. Like you can't submit to somebody you, that can't lead you nowhere. But also it's like what other uh, what other choice? do we really have if we're dealing with people that are saying, oh, well, like, I just hate the comment where, oh, you're too independent or, oh, this, oh, that. Well, what choice do I have? Because I'm sitting over here by myself, working hard, doing what I need to do for me. What I'm supposed to do, wait on you? If I wait on you, I would never, I wouldn't have a life. You know what I mean? So that's what I can't stand. And I just want some Black men to stop projecting the traumas, the pains, the bad experiences with Black women or the taught mindsets about Black women because you will miss out on bomb Black women playing with us like that. You know what I mean? And, and And I want every Black woman to know that, like, your worth is not a negotiation. Our worth is not a negotiation for nobody. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of times we're, we're put in that box, like, as if we're not as worthy of a great marriage, a great relationship, a great husband, you know? And it's like, why is it that I feel like black women, we always hold up the, the family, you know what I mean? It's like, we always support. And, um, that goes back into like how we have to like have our own backs a lot of the time. And then the one about black women are the least desired by black men. I've heard that so many times and I just don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it comes from like pop culture where you see a lot of these black men, they get a little bit of money, then they want a foreign chick. Like, I don't know where that comes from, but I personally desire a black man, a beautiful black man. So I got beautiful black babies. Okay. That's it. (laughs) Um, And then the submissive thing, I just, for me, it would be an adjustment, I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> but yeah. I will do it for the right man, for the man that I that I feel like can really lead me and really be my partner with something. But yeah. I'm not but I'm not gonna be walked over. Um yeah. as being raised, I was never raised to number one, not get it on my own. Like my, yeah. my my parents didn't groom me to like just go find a husband, go find somebody to take care of you, go find somebody with money. I was never groomed yeah. that way. I was always, hey. 
you strive to be the best person that you're going to be as a woman. We don't care if you get married. We don't care if you have children. Do what you want to do as a woman. So I just don't understand where this mindset comes from. Where are these stigmas coming from? And then I've dated someone who would like, like you said earlier, comment on like, oh, well, you actually real cool. Oh, you don't really ever get mad. Oh, you this, you that. And I'm like, why are you surprised? Like, it's like he was supposed to be a bitch right off the off the cup like right right and and, go ahead I'm sorry I was just gonna say like one of the episodes where I said I'm no longer gonna water down my blackness I'm not gonna water down my black womanness for no man so if I got a little bit of attitude I'm a little spicy sometimes that should be okay with you (laughs) it's just I don't know I just honestly think it all comes down to at the end of the day like being you know a black woman in America, like we, it's like we always have to be on. And if you always have to be on, then you always have to have your own back. Because yep. one thing about it is, you know, people will fail you sometimes, but I know Shelby gonna always have Shelby. You know what I mean? And so I think that it comes down to us trying to be all things in all areas because we have to. We have mm-hmm. to, like, we have to go to work and we have to make the money. So we gotta be strong. We gotta be independent. We gotta make money. You know what I mean? You know, we have to be assertive. We have to be, quote, bossy and different things like that because we have to make sure that we're heard and we have to make sure that we're not taken, you know, for granted. It's not that we're not being submissive, but I'm I'm going to test you. I'm going to see, mm-hmm. like, are you are you a punk? Like, <laughs> are you a wussy? Do you got a backbone? Are you going to let me walk all over you? I'm going to mm. test you because I got time. I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't be with nobody that's weak. I can't be with nobody that don't know how to be a man, that don't know how to work, that don't know how to step up. So I said all this to say, like, a lot of times, you know, I feel like as women and as black women, we do everything. So a lot of times we test you and you don't pass the test and you get upset. But if you want me to trust you and you want me to put my faith in you and you want me to, you know, essentially have your back, you got to show me something different. You got to prove yourself. You got to let me know that, you know, I hate to say it like this, but you got to let me know that you're worthy of me giving my time and trusting energy to you. Now, if you can show me that and you can prove me wrong, I can be submissive. I can be all these things. I can be the opposite of everything on this list. But I'm not going to give you that privilege if you can't prove it to me. Like, right. that's, that's dumb. And me. I'm about to be really honest and transparent because that's what we are on this show. Um, wh- one thing to, like, piggyback off of what you were just saying is, First of all, if a man believes any of these stigmas about black women or about me, I don't want you anyway, first off. The streets can have can have <laughs> Get him back to the streets. But no, um, the second thing is, is I was always taught that the woman is the prize, right? But how can we as women or black women, let's just say black women, beautiful black women that's doing a thing that's worthy of a great man or a great relationship. How is it that we can continue to believe that or continue to pump ourselves up? Like, yes, you're worthy. You're deserving. Your, your worth is non-negotiable. How can we, how do we prevent from the hurt and pain of things chipping away at us when we have all this, but this man treats us a certain way or this relationship doesn't work out or they leave you and get with somebody else that um, is, I don't know, a foreign chick or whatever it is that makes you feel like, Oh, well, why isn't me being a black woman enough for you? So it's like, how, how hard is it for us as black women to really 
maintain our value and believe that about ourselves when each time we're being like chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. hard out here. It's not a game. And I don't think, I don't, you know, I don't always want to sound like, oh, poor black women. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But it is hard it's to hard. believe that you are worthy and that you deserve a great relationship, a great man, and that you're worthy of love if you ain't never getting that. If you always getting the opposite. Like, yeah. how can we be confident in that anymore? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's definitely hard. But I think it's just one of those things that you just, you got to trust your good and you got to trust your instinct. Because if I'm being honest, every time it hasn't worked out with a person, I've known it like in my like good. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, he ain't it. Like, he cute. <laughs> but he ain't it. And I think it just comes back to trusting yourself and to sticking by your standards. Because one thing I never want a particularly black woman to do is to settle for a person, you know, just to have a person. I remember I was talking to this guy and um I had hung out with him again after I said that I wasn't gonna hang out with him but when I hung out with him like it's weird like I'm like anybody that knows me knows that I really am like I'm gangster on the inside on the outside when talking to me and low-key but like I'm a softie like on the inside like if you really get to know me and I don't and I don't know if you've ever done this but like you ever just hung out with somebody and they're cool but you don't feel nothing like you don't yes. feel nothing you don't feel no butterflies you don't feel no <laughs> like you don't, like, when they leave, you like, okay, I'm glad that Negro gone. Like, you don't call, you don't text. You like, that was a waste of, you know, some time. I don't know if you ever felt like that, but I yeah. felt like that. And I was like, okay, God, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Like, I'm done. I'm deleting the thread for real. And I said all that to say that, like, it's just, I think sometimes, you know, as black women, it's, it's really, it's really hard. To, it's hard for me to date. Like I said, it's so hard for me to date because, I just haven't, and I'll say this, I feel like overall I've I've had like some pretty good caliber guys, but they haven't been my guys. And I feel like I've dated men that, you know, have these outlooks on life. And to be honest with you, friend, I don't know what can be done so men don't think that way because they're going to think what they're going to think, if we're mm-hmm. being honest. But I think that if that's your person, then essentially what's going to probably happen is that you both are going to chip away those preconceived you know notions of each other because if we being like if we're being honest I have preconceived notions about men that I'm not gonna get into right now but (laughs) I I I have like preconceived notions of men and I'm one of them people that like you literally have to prove me wrong like I'm not gonna say like oh I thought you wasn't shit I'm not gonna say that (laughs) I'm gonna tell my homegirl I don't think you shit excuse my language I'm not giving this episode to my mama I'm gonna tell my homegirl that you ain't shit but I'm not going to tell you that. Like, I really, like, when men meet me, they start out on ground zero. It's zero. Like, on a scale of one to ten and a scale of zero to negative a thousand. Like, how you move up on that scale is up to you. But I just man. think that at the end of the day, like, I just think that at the end of the day, like, when you meet somebody, you just have to chip away at it. And if that's your person, that's your person. But it's not if that's not your person and they want to be negative, and if we're being honest, like, there are black men that think this. And I'm like you, if you think that, take your raggedy ass on. I don't want you. Go back to your right. mom. I'm over it. Like, right. Because that's the type I, of person that I want around me or the type of person. Because like you said, like, it's like when you hang out with somebody, y'all become so much alike. Like, I was talking to my homegirl the other day and she been saying my phrases. I'm like, girl, I said that. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you just do that as friends, but you know, you're going to do that with your man. And I never want to, I, I don't want to pick up on that energy. Because right. I love like I like I, I joke about black men, but I love black men. 
I love him with everything in my heart. I love him with everything in my spirit. And I'm going to marry me a beautiful black man one day, have me some beautiful black babies running around her talking a lot. <laughs> we gotta be the right man. Yes, I think it, it's something about a black man that when you see him praising his black woman or a black woman, it's just he. It makes him ten times more attractive because yeah. it's like we don't see that all the time. Um, and like when I mentioned like celebrities that like they come up and then they go get somebody for him, but there are celebrities that have been with a down ass black woman forever like lebron james for example and it's like you see that and you're like yes that's what we love we love to see that and so i just think that for me whenever i go into a dating relationship i don't got time to act like i'm somebody different because i don't want you to think that i don't be submissive or that i don't have an Mm -hmm. attitude or that i don't have like i don't have time to like try to convince you otherwise of these stigmas so if I have to do that I don't want to be with you I don't want to date with you anyway I've I've been around people that have said um the reasons why they don't like literally said it to me as if I'm not black <laughs> like that the reason why they don't date black women is because y'all all have bad attitudes who is y'all all like I can have a attitude but I don't have a bad attitude as a person you know what I mean so yeah. it's like okay who hurt you like somebody these black men they need to be healed too we always talking about women yeah. need to heal yourselves you need to you know no black men need to yeah. heal themselves yeah. too and that's a whole nother issue for a whole nother podcast but Listen, it's true it really is. man it's, that was deep that's a lot but basically long story short i'm story short stop group stop categorizing all black women into one category because we're not all the same like when no, people used to get me and Erica mixed up, we don't look alike. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we don't have the same shape head. We don't got the same nose, and we don't got the same hair texture. Don't ask I... me who I. <laughs> Bitch, I'm Shelby. Okay, I'm hanging up. <laughs> I really used to hate that. Like I hate because like all all black people do not look alike. I'm sorry. No, we don't. Like I I really want to tell people me and Erica don't look alike. We I don't know what don't. we don't. My head don't look like Erica's head. We don't have the same nose. We don't have the same hair. Like, <laughs> not unless we got, not unless we both wearing weave. <laughs> we yeah. Like, I used to hate like, well, which one are you? I do want to be like, you're racist. But anyway, can you tell me about some of the I'm sorry. Okay, that was hilarious. Um, Yeah, where we at? The journey. <laughs> Let's move on to our journey segment where we talk about our journey to building all things melanin and what we've learned and tips and things like that. So today we want to talk about growth. So Shelby, how has our brand grown over the past few years and in what ways have we grown as partners? Um, I think that our brand has grown and that we have grown in numbers. Um, mm-hmm. We have grown in community. I think that we have grown in the level of content that we put out in regards to blogging, um, in regards to the caliber of our podcast and the mm-hmm. topics. I think that has grown. Um, I just think our brand all around has grown in that we've evolved with our brand. Like if something isn't working or something isn't, you know, what we think it should be, that we've evolved and we've changed it and we've always been open to evolving and changing as our brand has changed. Um, and I think our brand has honestly just grown with us. I think, you know, when we first started our brand, you know, we were at a certain point in our life. And I think that as we've grown, we've shared our experiences and we've shared our trials and tribulations. And we've been honest and open and transparent 
one of the things that me and Erica were really adamant about when we started our brand is that we wanted to share, you know, things that women our age go through, like not stuff that's trivial or not stuff that's, you know, washed over or, you know, just, you know, cute to talk about. No, like we're going to talk about how we out here dating and it's trash. We're going to talk about <laughs> how we out here on this journey and this didn't work, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that as our brand has evolved, I think that we've become more open, more honest and transparent. I think that we've allowed our most transparent selves um, to show. And I think that people are really getting a chance to see our personality and who we are as individuals, but also who we are together and how we mesh so well. I think we've grown together in a good way, but in an interesting way. I think that we both have really strong personalities, but in different ways. And I think that on this journey, we've been forced to communicate. We've been forced to have different conversations. But I also think that we've allowed each other to be who we want each other to be. And I think that that's important. I think sometimes people go wrong because they're like, you need to be this person. You need to be that person. But like Erica and I talk a lot. I'm real high-headed. I like to do things really fast. Erica's more calculated. Erica's more cautious. Like, I let her be who she needs to be. She lets me be who I need to be. And we just kind of you know, work it out and work through it. And I think also because we're very similar, but we're also very different, even though that's a contradictory statement. Um, <laughs> I think we're very similar, but I think we're very different as well. But I think that that works for us. And I don't think that God would allow us to come up with this idea and this platform and this podcast if he did not want us to use our voice and he did not want us to be heard and he did not want us to share what we have to share with the world. Amen, sister. There's really nothing I can add, but I'll add a few things to that. <laughs> um, I feel like one thing that we've also grown on grown on that you didn't mention was like collectively as our branding, like first when we started to now, like we really like streamlined how we are branding ourselves. Um, and of course I I really like how you said we've grown in our transparency, like making sure we show our authentic selves and we're like just real about everything we've grown in that because I remember when we first started we did have our you know vlogs talking about certain topics but now it's like we're a little bit more open because we want to be even more relatable with with topics that we bring um and then I feel like growing as partners um I feel like we've grown in like kind of like what you said but holding each other accountable and then respecting each other's strengths. Like, I know what your your strengths are. You know what my strengths are. And we work really well together like that. I feel like we've also grown in a way that we know what, what I know what you're doing. You know what I'm doing. So, like, we have this thing running like a well-oiled machine, basically. Like, yeah. I don't ever have, I mean, there'll be, of course, we got to communicate, like, who's doing what and, and what. But it's like, we know what we're doing now. And <laughs> so, yeah. we're getting, we're at least we know what we're doing for now. Um, and then, like you said, I think you said this, the first the first thing was we grew in numbers. And I think also growing in audience, I feel like our audience has shifted a little bit, but in a great way. Like we have more male listeners than we anticipated when we first started. You know what I mean? So I think we've grown um, a lot. There's probably a lot of things that we haven't mentioned, but just things yeah. off the top of my head. I feel like for us to have started so it's still recent to me. Yeah. Um we have grown a lot and I think it has just been that much more streamlined. And with pre COVID, we had some really good plans to do things um, that we'll no. still do one of these days. But um, 
yeah, I, I think we're we're trucking along as we can um, yeah. in spite of everything that we both got going on. But, you know, yeah. I think I, I'm proud of us for growing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, let's move on to our next segment, which is the mentor moment. Um, this is when we read a listener's letter and give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hi, Shelby and Erica. I'm trying my best to stay optimistic about this year. Everywhere I look, I see people claiming that this year is canceled and it's been so much negativity around what's been going on in the world and it becomes more difficult to stay positive. What advice do you have on how you you stay encouraged through these tough times? Do you have a positive outlook on this year? Um, you can go, Shelby. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have a really mixed um, view on this year and I'll tell you why. I have a good outlook and I have a bad outlook, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this. I think this year I've prayed for a lot of things and um, and a lot of very specific prayers and God made some things happen that I wouldn't have made them happen that way, obviously. Um, but I will say that this year, the positive, bad, I guess the bad, with my, my negative outlook would be like, this year hasn't gone as I had expected to go through, right? But the positive outlook is that this year has really made me get very crystal clear on every single aspect in my life. It's allowed me to slow down. It's allowed me to listen. It's allowed me to get really clear about who I'm surrounding myself, who I'm listening to and what I'm intaking. I think one thing that you have to do, um, because I just think that everywhere you turn and everywhere you go, it's always something like it's Mm -hmm. overwhelming. So I think one thing that you have to do and one thing that I'm learning to do is you have to be very careful of what you intake. That's radio, that's TV, that's news and different things like that. And I think you have to detox like, one thing I've been trying to implement is I don't look at my phone first thing in the morning. Like I don't get like I don't get on social media and I scroll. I try to have some type of praise and worship. I try to move around. I try to go for a walk. I try to do something that's going to stimulate my brain. So I think that one thing that you can do is you got to get your mental right. Because one thing that I think a lot of us are struggling with, me in particular, I'm just going to be honest. My I've, And I've never really struggled with it before, before the pandemic, is my mental health and my emotional health. And I don't really know, but I don't feel like particularly people that are black like to talk about their mental health like I think that's a lot of what it is and we don't really know how to deal with it because what we've done is and what I did is I busy I made myself so busy that I didn't have time to think about it or to mm-hmm. dwell in it but we can't really go nowhere so all I got all I have to do is sit here with my thoughts and my mental health so I think you have to be very careful of the things that you intake and the things that you allow to uh bog your mind and I think you have to get out and do things that you know, um, bring you joy and bring you happiness, whether that's, you know, having a FaceTime date with your friends or coloring, reading, working out, dancing, moving around the house, making a music video, cooking, cleaning, um, reading, just doing something that allows you to kind of detach. Another thing, because I'm childish, that I do that's helped me is I watch cartoons or I watch a lot of things um, that don't really, that aren't heavy, if that makes sense. Because I just think that a lot of the things that we're having to intake and digest are taking a toll on our mental health. And so one thing that's really helped me in this season is is going a little extra on the self-care, but also limiting things and people that are not helping my mental health and things that and people that are, you know, kind of bringing me down. Um, the one other thing that I want to say is you're like, you are the most, I say this all the time, you are the most important person in your life. So, and we said it earlier in the dating, I think, that like you gotta have your back, cause nobody gonna have your back 
like you got your back. Like your friends gonna have your back and they gonna come back door, but you gotta have your back first and foremost because they gotta know what they got back door on and what they're doing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I said that to say that you have to, sometimes you just have to remove and mute and stop things that aren't adding to your happiness or adding to your mental health. Like if you notice that you're following something or someone on social media that every time you see it, um, it makes you sad, unfollow them. Yeah. Like if you notice that every time you talk to a certain person, you get off the phone feeling worse than them, stop talking to them. And I think sometimes, you know, and I say that, and I don't mean that in a native way, but like we got to normalize like taking care of our mental health and putting ourselves first. Like just because you stop talking to somebody or you unfollow somebody, it doesn't mean that it's beef. Sometimes it just means that I got to take care of me. And right. I got to put me first. And I think that's okay. Like, we're in a time right now that, like, you know, we're going to read about in the history books. Like, there's no one way to deal with it. But I think that you have to remove the distractions and you have to remove the things that, that make you sad and that hurt you. And you have to try to fill that with things that make you happy. And I think that it could be something little or it can be something big. But one thing that I aim to do every day is I aim to do something you know, that makes me smile or that makes me happy. And then a lot of times, like, if I'm just having a super bad day, I just name 10 things off the top of my head that I'm grateful for or 10 things off the top of my head, you know, that God has blessed me with in this season, despite how bad it is, that he didn't have to bless it, that he didn't have to bless me with. And a lot of times when I do those things, especially when I name 10 things that I'm grateful for or that I have, um, it's, it's like, it's just like sometimes it's like a weight that's lifted right off me. Like, okay, like maybe it's not as bad as I thought. And I think a lot of it is perspective. And I don't say that lightly because I wake up with an attitude sometimes. And I have like, oh, like I was talking to one of my friends last week. And they were like, yeah, you had an attitude. So I was like, I'm going to talk to you later. <laughs> like I don't wake up with a good attitude all the time. But I think sometimes you just have to, you have to try your best, you know, to have the best day that you can. And sometimes that's 70%, 30%, 100%, but you just got to try. I, I agree 100% with everything you said. And I think my advice would be, because for me personally, I was that person claiming like, oh, this year is canceled. All my trips is canceled. All my concerts I had planned is canceled. Like all the stuff that I had planned or that Shelby and I had planned, like that's why I would be like, oh, 2020 is canceled. It's trash. Like, and then I had to check myself like, Erica, why are you, you got to be careful like how you speak over your, your life. <laughs> if we That is so important. I don't think, people realize how important that is is if you claim it is canceled then that's exactly what you're gonna get you know what I mean and so I was like well Erica what if this is like the most important year because this year for me has been very uncomfortable it's been very painful it's been very raw it's been very scary for a lot of things and I think for me I always have this front like everything is okay and people think oh Erica she good you know she don't really reach out to nobody she's good I'm not so I can't yeah. be there. I can't be there like people want me to be there because I just don't have it. And like, I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that, you know, mental health is important because it is because I, I struggle with that, too. Um, and, it, and it all is, like you said, perspective. I think that we all get in our our feelings about a lot of stuff, which is OK. But I, I just I'm trying to be positive here and say that we can't, we got to change our perspective and not just say, oh, this whole year is canceled because things didn't work out as you planned them. I'm like, this could be the literally the most important year that maybe God is trying to show us something. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, because life in general, stuff don't go as 
as planned. But this year has been really tough on a, on a lot of people for a lot of different yeah. reasons. So for me, what I've tried to have a positive outlook on is finding different ways to invest in myself. Because I know that pre-COVID, I was like, oh, I never get any time for myself. I never get to rest. I never get to relax. I never get to do anything. But this time I'm forced to, like you yeah. said, sit with your situation, handle your situation, sit with being being able to invest in yourself and maybe learn new things or, or uh, do things that you've always had on your to-do list to do that you've never gotten done. That's how I've been treating it. And then also this whole time has gotten rid of a lot of distractions I've had. I've, yeah. I've never realized how distracted I was with a bunch of BS. Like, yeah. And so now that I feel like we're being forced to look at things differently, being forced to sit down, being forced to be, you know, grateful, like, look, things can be taken from you in a heartbeat. Like, so it's like, it's definitely gotten rid of distractions and focusing on what's actually important in life, you know? Um, and then, uh, there was one other thing I was going to say. Um, oh, I think I said this earlier, like, it's just been really uncomfortable, but I feel like when you have that level of discomfort in your life where things are different and you're just so uncomfortable, I feel like that's when you grow. So I'm like, Erica, what if this is your opportunity that you can grow? You've always said you wanted to be here. So grow. Like You're not going to get there if you ain't growing. So yeah. I've tried to look at it that way. But also, if you are like me, like going through different emotions and different mental health um, struggles, like it's okay. I think the, the main struggle is when we try to deny that. Like, oh, I'm yeah. good. Like for me, like I just said, I always put on this front. So where it's like, okay, well, if you put on that front, everybody think you're okay and ain't nobody checking on you. Then you looking like, well, I don't have no one. And it's like, okay, well, you need to be like, sit in that for a little bit and just, and just realize it's okay to like, not be mentally okay. And so so that would be my advice, but I would just say, just try to be positive, try to find something positive. Um, Just stop saying the year is canceled because this year is probably the most important year. For, yeah. for now so and I would just add to that like and we keep and I keep saying this but like give yourself grace yeah I'm just gonna piggyback off what Erica said and I agree with everything she said like it's okay to not be okay like yeah I'm not okay and it's it's really hard and it's really even hard to say that because I think as women we're programmed to always be okay and mm-hmm. to always you know, act like we have it all together and to always be the strong friend and the friend, the person that has it all together. But like, you don't have to always have it together. Like that's not, you know, realistic. And if you don't sit in your feelings, like you said, and you don't, you know, confront how you're feeling and confront the season that you're in in your life, I can guarantee you're going to have a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like it is going to all come crushing down and you know maybe you know you need a good cry or you need you know a good you know punch your pillow and different things like that but like give yourself grace in this season because like everybody's world has been turned upside down and nothing is going as planned and you know we don't know what tomorrow holds so in order in addition to everything we said I would just say like give yourself grace and take everything you know day by day like I'm not gonna give you no cliche advice because I really hate people giving me cliche advice right now (laughs) it's one of the things that really irritates me but just give yourself grace and take everything day by day and do what you think that you need to do and I would definitely say that if you have somebody that you can trust and that you know that loves you and cares about you 
I would definitely say, you know, try to talk to them or if you can seek, you know, a therapist and different things like that, maybe try talking to them. I think, I think sometimes a lot of this boils down to us not feeling like we have somebody to talk to and communicate and us not feeling like we have anybody to understand where we are right now in our life. And I feel like to some extent people understand, but at the end of the day, like nobody knows how you personally feel. Like Erica doesn't know how I personally feel about this season in my life. And I don't know how she personally feels about this season in her life. So I think that we have to give each other empathy, but I also think that if you can talk it out with someone, or even if you just have to talk to yourself in your room, (laughs) to your Mm -hmm. pillow, like (laughs) do that. Because I think it all, another thing that we did mention, I think that, a lot of times we hold these things inside and then that makes us angrier or more mad or more depressed or more sad. You know, we don't really necessarily have an outlet. Like our outlet may have been, tra- like my outlet was traveling and brunch and eating and dinners and wineries and kicking one of my friends and clubbing and barring. I don't have those outlets anymore. So we mm-hmm. have to have other, you know, outlets, but definitely give yourself just grace. And if you have somebody that you can talk to or, you know, you have some type of way that you can block then definitely do that because I think that self-care and mental health are two of the biggest things that's going to allow us to overcome you know this season that we're in I've been saying so many people say that I'm not okay and I just feel like if you know that you're not okay then you just have to take steps to to become okay or to take steps to you know just to feel a little bit more free or to feel a little bit more less weighed down and stuff like that. I think that's great advice. Um, so, you guys, if you have a question that you want us to answer on our listener letter or mentor moment segment, send us an email at allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So our last segment of the day is our words of encouragement. So the Bible verse comes from Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside the still waters. So me personally, I love the book of Psalms. This was obviously just one sentence from it, but from Psalm 23. But it just reminds you that God is guiding you either way that no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what struggles you're going through, no matter how you may feel. If you're like me, I'll be honest, this season, I'm just like, I'm out of things to say in prayer. Because I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over and over. So I try to just, like this verse says, lie down in green pastures. I try to just get quiet. And that's very hard for me to do because my mind is going 200 miles per hour about things that I need to do, things ain't done, like just craziness. But I try to at least turn on maybe my praise music or my worship. I find that when I actually worship and stop thinking of everything wrong, that I can just release and just at the end of the day, God is so good. So I can still praise him. And that actually lifts my heart. So I just, I love this verse because it, at the end of the day, when it says the Lord is my shepherd, you just think of like him guiding sheep. You know what I mean? He's, he's guiding you along the way and um, he makes you rest. And that's mm-hmm. one of the big things that I do not do well is rest. I don't, even with what's going on and how we're all like at home, I still don't rest. I'm very restless. And so it's, it's something that I have to meditate on. It's still a struggle for me, but I still, at the end of the day, I know he's guiding me and I know all I have to do is just be still and he's going to handle everything of my concern. But yeah. What do you think Shelby? Um, 
the only thing that I have to add to that is that like the one thing about this verse is it just reminds me of kind of the season that I'm in right now and I just feel like one thing this season is teaching me is that like I literally have to go back to the basics if that makes sense and when I say that it just means that I have to go back to not filling up um my time and my desires and my wants with what I want and what I think that I should have and what I should be doing but I need to fill that up with God because I think that God has really stripped a lot of things from me um that I thought that I needed or that I thought that you know were I guess quote good as mine and I just think that it's a really good verse and a reminder to me personally is that at the end of the day like as long as I got God I got enough and mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to feel, you know, I don't need to worry about, you know, um, if this person is my friend or if I have this or if I have that or if I have this job or if I have that job. Like, it doesn't matter because one thing the season has taught us is that God can take away, but God can also provide. But at the end of the day, whether you have something or whether you don't have something, if you have God, you have more than enough. That's all I got. Amen. I think we can lead it out on prayer on that one. So bow your head and close your eyes Shelby and anybody else listening (laughs) um dear God we just thank you for this day and we thank you for every every listener and under the sound of our voices we just want to pray for rest we pray that in this season that people are struggling with being restless and not being able to just be still and total rely on you and totally give you trust I just pray that you surround them with peace I pray that you show yourself strong in our lives God I pray that you give us hope. I pray that you show us something that will relieve the pain and give us joy. I pray that you continue to guide us along the way each and every day. I pray that you send comfort to everyone that is listening. And I pray that you continue to guide us each and every day with your angels of protection camping around us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen.